Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, a podcast for those who manage drivers and their vehicles and want to reduce road risk in their organisation. 30 vans are being stolen every day, which is a 45% increase over the last four years, plus over 60 million in lost tools and other items. My guest today is Laura Moran, Managing Director at TVL Group, which is the UK specialist for commercial vehicle security products and a tier one OEM supplier to some of the biggest van manufacturers. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thank you, Simon. Laura, I'd like to cover two topics in in this discussion, if we can. First, why van security is part of uh, driver risk management and what employers should be doing about it. Uh, And second, as the managing director of a business yourself, how important leadership is in uh, driver risk management. Now, I mentioned the statistics regarding stolen vans and content theft at the top, which I imagine would represent a huge amount of cost and disruption to any business. So I was wondering if you could just talk us through what the most common types of incident are and maybe give us some insight into the sort of business disruption that these incidents actually cause? Sure. Um, I mean, you mentioned there about statistics around uh, vehicle theft and content theft. I think really the majority of that we're seeing and some of the survey statistics we've looked at prove that it's it's tool theft, which is, I think, 67% of content stolen from vehicles are tools. Um, you know, there's some other research out there, the Federation of Master Builders, uh, across their membership, 51% of builders have had their, their vans broken into and tools stolen. So it really is um, a hot topic. Unfortunately, you know, vehicle crime is linked to the economy. So when the economy is weak and there's high unemployment, you see a rise in vehicle crime. We don't necessarily have that now. The unemployment level is, a, you know, probably pre-pandemic. What we do have is a cost of living issue at the moment, which is also fueling vehicle crime. So it is on the increase. In terms of the disruption it causes, it's a very costly inconvenience to you know, anybody, to any major van fleet. Um, but what we really see is where it's the independent traders, the builders, the plumbers, et cetera, the self-employed guys who, you know, they come to us when their vehicles have been attacked, um, you know, they've had their tools stolen, that's their livelihood. Um, so they can't work, they can't earn money, they need to repair the vehicle. That's if, you know, the damage is, it can be repaired easily. Um, so it really is extremely costly. In terms of the, the value of the content stolen, um, the figures that, that we, we've had in terms of research shows the average cost of the content stolen is just over £4,000. And, you know, it's on the increase. It really does cause a lot of disruption. And these are people's livelihoods um, that it's it's causing disruption to. I guess that also has a follow on cost of increased insurance for those people. But even um, sort of one man bands, um, contractors and and that sort of thing, many of those will work as um, contractors to larger companies as well. Would they supply contracts? part of a larger company's supply chain so it still has a knock-on effect to a, a bigger uh, a bigger organization as well yeah absolutely simon as i said it's a costly inconvenience across all van fleets um and you know the big major van fleets they are you know if they're using subcontractors they're usually on service levels etc um so they will have penalties involved if they don't have a van that's operational um, it causes business disruption to them and quite often financial penalties in addition to what they've already suffered. 
in terms of con- you know tools being stolen and, and vans being broken into. Now, I understand you recently launched a campaign called Tell TVL, which is all about reporting these kind of incidents. Could you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so Tell TVL is an initiative that we've launched. Uh, it went live last week. Um, it's something we've been working on for a number of months now. Um, the reason that we've launched it is um, the police, in terms of their crime reporting, um, they have very basic crime reporting codes. If you have your tool stolen from a van, that will go down as theft of contents from a motor vehicle. But in terms of their data that they get, that could be a pair of sunglasses from a Ford Fiesta, or it could be £5,000 of tools from a van. They cannot distinguish and get in more granular detail because of the way in which crime is reported. So I know there's a lot of um, sort of campaigning at the moment in terms of increasing the crime reporting code so they can get better intel. Um, so that will still continue, but, but that's mainly the challenge. You've also got 43 uh, regional police forces, and because they operate regionally, there's perhaps differences in the way in which they all report. So there really isn't a national picture on, on what the problem is around vehicle crime. We've worked with the police for many, many years with a number of the forces and had a lot of great cooperation with them and engagement with them. They've actually asked us if we could provide some of this intel because we see many of the customers have had their vehicles broken into. We also engage directly with many of the major fleets who will come to us and talk to us about their security requirements and also share with us um, any new forms of attack. And that's, that's critical for us in terms of picking up on any new trends um, and methods of entering a vehicle. In addition to that, you also have um, a sort of informal network of the big van fleet managers who, you know, if one of their vehicles gets attacked, they will share it with our other van fleet managers to try and prevent somebody else suffering the same attack. So the initiative is really around bringing together all of that um, and creating, you know, a national picture of what's happening with vehicle crime, because that's where the gap is. Um, So... It's Tell TVL is an online community where you can you can go on and report what's happened in terms of a vehicle theft or contents theft. You still have to report it to the police, um, but we've worked with the police in terms of the data that we're capturing, and this is backed by the National Business Crime Centre, the police, and also has backing from the Home Office. Um, so you can go on there and tell TVL more details about the incident and what's happened we don't collect any personal data we simply collect data around the incident itself we will then share that information with the police in terms of their intelligence to help them to build their intelligence to give more granular data what we can also do is if you become a registered user of tell tvl we will send you vehicle crime insights and we'll also do heat mapping to show hotspots and alerts if there's any new trends emerging or any any particular hotspots that are happening. Um, So that's where what we plan to do is it's an online community to fight back against vehicle crime. You know, our message from TVL is that we don't want our customers' vehicles to be broken into. So if we can provide them with data and insights and intelligence about how to avoid that happening, uh, then that's a good thing. Uh, we're arming them with the information to try and, you know, safeguard their livelihood. In addition to that, we, we will be sending um, crime prevention advice. So the National Business Crime Centre, we will host their crime prevention advice and push that down together with the insights so that the van operators have everything they need in terms of trying to secure their livelihood. So that's really TLTVL. So it's in its early stages. 
Um, I'm sort of out there campaigning to get data. Um, we'll be doing quite a bit of PR around it. Um, we've got some good traction so far. We already are seeing our first crime incident reports coming through. So that's within a week of the, the program going live, the initiative live. We've got our first crime reports and we've, we're building our registered user database as well. Um, so I'm very optimistic about it in terms of, you know, it will hopefully um, help prevent crime. That's the, the primary objective of it. We have maintained it will always be free. So we will never charge for the service. The crime insights will be free and we will never market to anybody who come, becomes a registered user. So, yeah, it sounds like a fantastic, really valuable uh, campaign. Where, where can people go to find out more and, and report incidents? Okay, so if you go on to um, tailtvl.co.uk um, and onto the website there, and you can sign up as a registered user if you wish to uh, receive Crime Insights. Bear in mind, it's very new. So until we get data in and meaningful data, those Crime Insights won't start happening just yet. Um, and you can go and report an incident on there as well. Great. Well, we'll put the link in the show notes at the end. So if anyone wants to uh, go and find out more, they'll uh, they'll be able to do so. Um, so where, where do you see vehicle security fitting into the overall management of work related road risk? So I think the one thing with vehicle security is it isn't just about securing and protecting the vehicle and the contents of the vehicle. You know, what we do know, we work with many of the very large um, parcel delivery companies. They will only secure the vehicle to a certain level. Um, if they go beyond that, what they realize is they actually put the driver at risk. If they make it too difficult um, for any thieves, they actually risk their driver. So I think that's the balance in getting it right, is that you, you do need to protect your assets and protect the contents of vans. And certain fleets are more at risk than others. I think that's the other thing to recognise, that you know you, your baker and your florist who operate a van are perhaps not so much a target for contents theft. Um, but if you're a builder, utility company, et cetera, and you're carrying tools that puts that vehicle more at risk. Equally, the parcel delivery companies, I think people know that actually there's a lot more um, home deliveries happening. There's a lot more vans on the road. They're carrying more valuable items that they are also a target as well. So it isn't, it isn't just about the vehicle and the contents. It becomes about the driver as well, depending on, on what is being carried in that vehicle and how it's being operated. So it's definitely linked in terms of that risk to the driver. So it's not just about incidents of theft, like overnight while the, the driver's away from the vehicle. It's it's while the driver's with the vehicle or maybe just temporarily away from him doing a, a, a delivery to someone's doorstep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, we do hear of many, many incidents when the vehicle is attacked whilst the driver is with the vehicle. Um, you know, if there's a gang of them, that that obviously places the driver at risk. Um, so I think it's that's why it's getting that balance right between the, the right level of protection, um, but not placing that driver at risk. So you, you said there's a, a sort of a, a level beyond which you, you start to potentially put the driver at risk. What would be your main tips for, for business owners or driver safety managers as to where, where to start with this um, and maybe what information they need to pass on to their drivers? Well, I think some of this is in, in how the driver responds. If, if, if the vehicle and the contents, is a, if they have an attack whilst they're with the vehicle, yeah, my advice would be 
let them take it, succumb to it. <laughs> and I think that's really going to come down to how fleets put that into their, their risk policy. Um, is, is that, you know, in terms of safeguarding that driver, should the vehicle be attacked whilst they're with the vehicle, um, is, you know, to let the thieves have access to it and, and safeguard themselves. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it is a fine balance. Okay, so just um, moving on uh, a little now, I'd like to talk to you a bit about how TVL manages road risk. Could you give us a maybe a brief overview of your fleet and what sort of journeys your employers, your employees, and your drivers undertake? Sure. So we operate a fleet of about forty plus vans. Um, so our mobile engineers who are, are travelling um, nationwide terms of doing van accessories and fitting vehicle security across the country so they operate those vans are in operation every single day so in terms of how we manage road risk um, we when I joined we already had um, a driver's policy and we managed and, and reviewed speeding and driving behavior as well so we have now updated and refreshed the driver's policy just because it's something you need to take out and look at at least every 12 to 18 months I think because so much changes so we've refreshed and updated the driver's policy. We do have telematics on the vehicle that provides us with speeding reports. Um, so they are reviewed on a daily basis. We also get a weekly summary and a driver's league table. And we also have the drivers um, are completing daily fleet checks and there are alerts um, that tell us whether they've not completed them. We also have some um, software that's coming in, a system coming in that will prevent them from moving on to their next job if they haven't done their daily fleet check so we're trying to automate compliance as much as we can as well but I think aside from the automation it's you can have the best policy in the world it's really well written it's very documented you can have the telematics you can have all the reporting in the world but unless you can actually get employee engagement around it um, it's not as effective as it could be uh, and I think that's what I focused on is actually making sure that that our drivers understand why we have all of this. It's not to make their life difficult or to add more work into their day. It's actually for their own health and safety. And it fits with our culture. You know, we look after our people and we want to make sure that they're safe on the road. So it's about bringing that, those policies and all those good things that you're doing to life so they don't just become sort of tick box exercises um, that, that they realize they are being looked at, at the highest level. So I do keep an eye on them. Whilst I've got, you know, we have a HR and compliance director, I do keep a close eye on driver behavior and road, road risk. So, so is, it, is it important that you get an overview of all these reports? You said you're getting sort of daily, weekly um, speeding reports. I, I presume they, do they come directly to you or do they go to like a fleet or driver manager and then do you see them? How important is that data to you and um, how do you sort of oversee that and, the, and your team identifies trends and then works out how to, how to improve stuff? Okay, so I don't see the daily reports. I, I tend to see the summary. It may be a monthly summary. So somebody's looking at it daily, somebody's looking at it weekly. Um, I will look at the monthly summary in terms of the league table. Um, and, you know, there's a league table of who's speeding, who's got the highest speeding incidents. Um, now, at that point, they've already had discussions in a, in a HR process anyway. Um, but what I will then do is I pick the phone up to them um, because it's always good to talk to them. Um, so that they know 
you know, I recognise they're top of the speeders list and that's not where I want to see them. And the reason why we're doing it is for their own health and safety. It's about keeping them safe. Um, that does tend to drive behaviours. <laughs> so it, it tends to also, you know, if I put one phone call in, the whole team will generally know. And I think for them to know that I do look at this stuff is really, really important. Um, but also getting them to understand why I'm looking at it and actually I want them to be safe, um, you know, is sort of driving that message home for them as well. I, th I think that's a really good example of uh, getting involved because one of the things we really try to get across to um, MDs and CEOs of other businesses who may be starting this journey of road risk management is how important it is to have that top-down commitment to managing road risk and to discuss these things and look at reports at board level on a regular basis either you know I would generally say either monthly or quarterly because often it depends on how frequently you can get the information out of the insurers on a, on maybe a bigger fleet so you know how, how important is that what would be your message to other sort of business owners as to how important that kind of oversight is yeah um i would say critical number one i do not want to have any of our our employees involved in a in a road accident that we could have done something to prevent um you know i think that's a responsibility as a leader um, that you need to accept but you do have a responsibility for it i am accountable for that so i want to make sure that we've got a really good road risk policy because i want to make sure that we don't have incidents and i certainly don't want incidents that could have been prevented um, in terms of the metrics that come out, so I mean, it's firstly, it's about the human cost is, is my primary concern. But actually, by having a really good road risk policy, by having those metrics, what we have seen in terms of the financial costs is, you know, our incident rate is reducing. Um, our fuel rate, I would say, <laughs> the fuel rate is reducing, we're getting better fuel efficiency, uh, notwithstanding that the, the cost of fuel is going through the roof, but actually we are getting better fuel efficiency. Um, and it's a really good message to, to send to our people. It just reinforces the culture of our business is that we want to make sure you are safe. And that, that and it also goes beyond the road risk element, it's in everything we do um, in terms of looking after their safety and their welfare. I mean, it sounds like you've got really good buy-in from your drivers to this, and you and you've got a good culture um, that, that you've built up there as far as safer driving goes. What what do you think's been some of the most important actions you've taken to to build that culture and get driver buy-in? Um, picking up the phone and talking to them is <laughs> <laughs> the most effective way. It's like you know, as I said, you can have the best road risk policy in the world, drivers' policy. If it is purely a document that you email out to somebody, that, that's not communication, that's almost abdication, to be honest. I think you've got to get them together. So, you know, we do driver's talks, um, each one of them when we've just done a complete refresh of our fleet. So in handing over the new vans to them, we've gone through and done a complete refresh on the driver's policy, um, just talking them through it, making sure they understand what their responsibilities are and why it's so important. Um, and then, you know, when, if I see any of them, you know, appearing on any of the, the, the exception reports of speeding or driving behaviour, um, I'll pick the phone up to them. And, you know, whilst we have a very lovely conversation, they also get the message quite clearly that I don't want to see them on that report. So, 
Yeah, it's really about taking account, you know, responsibility and accountability for making sure it's driven right from the top. So what what's the most important thing you you think you've done with with, with TVL as as far as road safety goes? What what um, what what's your most what's, what are you most proud of? Um, well, I think the overall road risk um, policy, and I think um, you know one of the things I would say is you never know who's on the road next to you. Um, I hadn't been with the business very long when I was driving to work on the M25 and one of our vans, I was probably doing, I probably was doing about 70, one of our vans overtook me at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> um, so, you know, he got a little bit of a surprise um, when I called him up and explained I'd seen him. I checked on the telematics. All of our vans are now speed limited. Um, so that you know, you never quite know who's on the road next to you. I think that's the thing, and, and I think they also forget telematics is on the vehicle as well. Um, so knowing that that it's looked at, and there are a set of eyes, and people are looking at them, reminds them of that. So it also you know reminds them to adjust their, their driving behaviour. So I think you know, I am very proud of the the overall road risk, but it's 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 an ongoing thing. Um, so it's something that I check in with quite regularly, at least once a month, to see is it improving, and what else can we do about it. And I think we've also now got, you know, coming at us now is, is electric vehicles, and, and that's that that brings other risks associated with it as well. So we're going through training with the guys now around how they they work on electric vehicles, and I think the operation of them as well. Are there any other issues around security that fleet operators need to be aware of with electric vehicles or, or are they the, essentially the same as an ICE vehicle as far as security goes? Um, okay, as far as a thief is concerned, they don't care whether it's an ICE vehicle or an electric vehicle. Um, it's still going to be subject to attack. I think with electric vehicles, um, we have to be a lot more careful now in terms of where security products are fitted and how they're fitted, um, just to make sure that we're not drilling into or fitting them interferes with any of the, obviously the, the electric um, on the vehicle and the battery, et cetera. So I think that's the only thing that's, that's a difference, but they largely don't interfere with anything like that. Um, you know, I think it's more about, the, the, as far as these are concerned, they don't really care whether it's a nice vehicle or electric vehicle and probably can't distinguish. Yeah. Okay. So um, where should listeners go to, to learn more about TVL and, um, and perhaps refreshers as to where we need to go for the tell TVL campaign as well. Okay. So um, there's, there's telltvl.co.uk, which is if you want to sign up for crime insights and, um, you know, any crime hotspots, et cetera, and data. And if you go to tvl-ltdlimited.co.uk, um, you'll find details around TVL security. Um, I would, yeah, I would say in terms of vehicle security for van fleets, it really is about how they operate the fleet and what they're carrying as to what security we would recommend is best for them. It, it's not a one size fits all. So um, I would recommend if they go onto the website is, is, is continue the journey and have a consultation to make sure that we recommend the right products for how you're operating the vehicle. 
Excellent. So, well, if any listeners are concerned about vehicle security, I'll put all of those websites in the show notes. Um, you can also download the Driving for Better Business Van Driver Toolkit, which includes guidance for drivers on both vehicle security and uh, anti-terrorism safety as well. So I'll put links to those resources in the show notes too. Um, Laura, that's been a fascinating discussion. Thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of Let's Talk Fleet Risk. No problem. My pleasure. Thank you, Simon. If you manage drivers and their vehicles and you face similar issues to those discussed in this podcast, there are links in the show notes to some useful resources on the Driving for Better Business website, and these are all free to access. If you enjoyed the conversation, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you know when the next episode is released, and please also give us a five-star review as this helps us to get up the podcast rankings and makes it more visible to others who might also find it useful. You can follow us, that's Driving for Better Business, on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And most importantly, please help us to spread the word. All our resources are free for those who manage fleets and their employees who drive for work. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Fleet Risk and I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.